There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's great to have a dishwasher, but sometimes you just want to put on rubber gloves and stick your hands and, and then notice that there's corn in the sink that you want to wash down the drain. And no matter how much water you pour in the different places to try and get the stream to move the corn into the hole, it just will not go, no matter what. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Have you noticed anything different about me? Um, I haven't. Wearing a watch. Oh, you never wear a watch. No, I know. So somebody's lent me um, one of these Apple watches. And yeah, I don't, I kind of don't see the point of it yet. Because someone's be lent it to you honest. just to try out. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly that. Yeah. What have you been using it for? Well, I've set the screensaver to pictures of my son. Oh, and do they change? Yeah, so oh, every nice. time I lift, look, there's oh, one now, and then I do it, and then I nice. it again. It's like a different picture every time, so oh, that's nice. Yeah. It did get me to thinking, though, you mm. know, if it's a wristwatch, mm. you could, like, set it to have, like, photos of Sam Fox or Linda Lusada. Oh, yes. No. Some of us are on the wrong, wrong wrist oh, for that, so oh, it God. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not really quite sure what I'm using. I might try and use it for some of the health stuff. Like I know that my, I now know that my resting heart rate is 74 beats per minute. Is that good? Don't know. Okay, <laughs> just know that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good that's, to know. That's the next thing too. And I guess it will measure how many steps I do. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I found it quite frustrating so far. To be honest, I haven't really seen the point of it. Yeah. And I've been using um, Siri. Oh. You know, the robot assistant. Now, I know yeah. uh, some people have like uh, Alexa and there's a Google one. I'm not quite sure what that's one. But the one mm. on Apple things is called Siri. Mm. I think Siri is a woman's name, not a man's name. Yeah. So I have set it to the woman's voice. Right. But then I feel like a, something a bit icky about having a subservient <laughs> woman robot slave and you think that people might judge you a bit on that yeah also i mm. feel i i don't feel good about it right right like having this virtual woman it's not, it's that really i'm bossing i know but then the man's voice is really annoying he sounds like mm. he's sort of reading out the prices on the prices right oh gosh okay so i don't really know what to do with it also i mean it it, it, it barely it can't do anything i want it to so i said to it yesterday like hey siri when's the next 393 bus coming and it just goes, I'm sorry, I don't have access to oh. public transport schedules. Yeah, that's really so, well, annoying. I think if I could Google it, you should be able to tell it to me. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But anyway, we'll see. Okay. This time next week, I'll probably be raving about it. Yeah, right? yeah. 
Um, what else have I done? Oh, I'll tell you what we finally got round to doing was, um, if you were listening a few weeks ago on Annabelle's birthday show, um, I said that my wife was away in New York and she'd bring, bring you back a present. Mm. And she did. She brought back some bath salts. Beautiful. But we only just got round to wrapping them up. Wow. So I had to go and buy wrapping paper at the weekend. Oh. Do you want to know what question brings out a lot of anxiety in me? Um, no, I don't. What is it? Would you like the wrapping paper folded or rolled? Oh, what's the right answer? <laughs> I don't know. Because folded, it's going to have lines in it. I yeah. think I think rolled's the right answer. Because folded is if you want to put it in your bag, but it's going to have creases in it. But rolled, that's the way to I do it. I think rolled is better. I went it for is. rolled, good. but then I had a good. lot of like worry. No, you did the about, right thing. Uh, okay, good. She to would know. have judged you if you'd said folded. Good to yeah, know. Yeah. Welcome to the main module of the show with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it yet? Remember, this podcast is a safe space for you to share your story of trying and failing to fit in with the human race. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Erin says... I've always had a good sense of social skills and proper social interactions. I was a popular kid in school and consider social skills my strongest asset. So it was a shock to me when I started noticing that my wee son Max might be struggling to navigate social situations with his peers. One night at the community pool where Max was taking swimming lessons with a group of other children, the swim coach devised a game called Guess the Animal. The children would stand in a line on the edge of the pool and the coach would shout out random animals. If she guessed the child's favourite animal, they jumped in the pool with gusto. She began to shout out, dog, cat, snake, zebra, one by one. Each child was jumping into the pool. Horse, monkey, giraffe. Until the only child remaining on the ledge of the pool was my wee Max. He stood there with a gleeful smile, eagerly anticipating when the coach would call out his favourite animal. Bear, rhino, seal, rat, pig. I could see the coach was starting to struggle. As she guessed more and more animals, I could tell she was running out of guesses and patience. She finally advised Max that he should tell the class his animal. With two fist pumps to the air, Max yelled at the top of his lungs, single-celled amoeba, as he took flight up the side of the pool deck. As I looked at the faces of the other children in the pool, I knew I had a unique boy on my hands. Oh, that's great. I would urge you to look up. I've tried to find it online, actually. It's not as easy as I'd hope. But you know John Hegley, the poet? Oh, yeah. He did a song called Amoeba, or a poem called Amoeba. That was really good. So you should look that up for Max. You'd love that. Yeah. And this is from Grand Chancellor Sharon. I'm not sure which category this tale falls within, as it could belong to several, so let's just call it inadvertent inappropriateness. As it is slightly risque in content, I wasn't sure whether to submit it, as I didn't want Annabelle to feel awkward reading it out. However, noting the confident aplomb with which she pronounced Willie, Fanny and Vagina on a recent podcast, it seems childbearing has stripped her of any prudish notions. <laughs> Back in the early 90s... Have you become very sexual since... No, oh, Jeff, that's such a gross word. <laughs> God, it is a bit, a bit sexual, this podcast so far, what, with Linda yeah, Lusardi, and Sam, Sam Fox. Fox and now this. Ooh. Maybe I won't do it now, I will. <laughs> Back in the early 90s, I made my first foray into the adult world as a placement student in the very serious business of auditing. While on placement, my boyfriend at the time and I bought a pet rat. 
duty fell on me to name our new addition. Historically, I'd not been the most creative at naming pets. For example, I'd named the family's black cat Lucky, and a previous rat that had a small black circle of fur on an otherwise cream coat was named Spot. I was determined to address this apparent weakness, and at the time was obsessed with the band Faith No More, and had a massive crush on Mike Patton, the lead singer. What better way to honour him than to name our new pet rat after him? Mike didn't seem like a suitable name for a pet rat. Patton didn't quite fit either. So I turned to their seminal album, Angel Dust, for inspiration. Being a student, I naturally felt I was quite streetwise and well-versed in smut and innuendo. Clearly that proved not to be the case. One of the songs on Angel Dust, not one of their finest, is called Jizzlobber. I had no idea what the title meant or what the song was about, but the first word seemed, to my innocent mind, perfect for a pet's name. So little ratty was christened Jizzy. <laughs> to clarify to fellow gifters who are equally naive, do I need to clarify? Uh, I mean, in a way, I think. Okay. If you're curious, Google it. Okay. I'll, I'll move on then. Yeah. This places the Faith No More song in a whole new context. If only I'd read the lyrics on the inlay booklet. So for months, I'd go into work, pretending to be a grown-up, recounting tales of Jizzy and getting the strangest looks. <laughs> I put these old glances down to people thinking it was unusual to own a pet rat and would reel off my stock explanation of make great pets, curious, clean, entertaining, no, he hasn't got the plague, etc. <laughs> it was only after several months that something I said made it dawn on the boyfriend at the time that I didn't know the double meaning of Jizzy's name. I was mortified when he explained, and also quite upset that then-boyfriend that he hadn't pointed out to me it was a bit weird to effectively name a pet Spermy. <laughs> Maybe he thought I was being tongue-in-cheek given the large size and visibility of the male rat testicles. When I mentioned this moment of enlightenment to a colleague who had known the alternative meaning all along, he delighted in recounting the things I'd said very publicly in the office, such as, at home I walk around with Jizzy on my shoulder. Jizzy ran up my leg last night. Jizzy went down my top and it's nice and warm next to my skin. And so on and so on. Clearly it was too late to rename Jizzy, but I did start referring to him by his stage name, Little Jizzoni Skinny and Boney. He wasn't, but it rhymes. I spent the next 18 months trying to feign the ignorant bliss I'd had before I knew the alternative meaning of his name. While with the passage of time I can look back and chuckle at this story, the one bit that still makes me shudder with shame is when I took little Gizzoni, Skinny and Bony, home to my parents. My dad chuckled when I said his name and asked why I'd called him that, to which I innocently replied, oh, he's named after a song, Jizzlobber. <laughs> I couldn't understand why it was so amusing. <laughs> Needless to say, the subject has never been broached since. Oh, that's great. In fact, there's a topic for us sort of not being in on the joke. Yeah. So, you know, I feel there is a seam to be mined. More of these, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. So, Annabelle. Yep. You have prepared a story. I have. What's the story about this week? Dancing. Okay. I'm, I'm settling in. Okay. It's about the moment that I learned to dance when I was about seven. And it really did happen in a moment, in one second. I was with my sister and our friend, Helen Stoker. I say our friend. Like she was the same age as my sister, who's 18 months older than me. So I suppose I was actually the annoying little sister tagging along, rather than this picture I was about to paint with the three of us hanging out together. That, that's the true <laughs> picture. 
They tolerated me quite a lot. And we'd spend a lot of time together. There was a local dog that we used to take for a walk. We'd just knock on the door and they'd give it to us, even though we didn't really know them and we were all under 10. And it was off the lead in the park once and just ran off. And we had to go back to the house and say, oh, sorry, we lost it. And they just went, oh, okay. I'm guessing it made its way home again, though, because the following week we turned up as normal and were given the dog again. <laughs> That's a real different time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, very much yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, used to pl- we, we also used to play somewhere that we called the sewers. Um, there was no open raw sewage anywhere, but it was related to a sewage plant. And we crawled through a hole in a fence and into this huge field with long pipes with a bit of water running through them. We spent hours there. But the thing we spent the most amount of time doing was reenacting TV shows, mainly Fame and TJ Hooker, that cop show starring William Shatner. Helen would sit by TJ Hooker on the television with a cassette recorder and she'd record all the dialogue and then she'd transcribe it into scripts for us to act out. <laughs> if only we had the video recording to this because I'd love to see a seven-year-old playing a middle-aged, angry, bitter cop with marriage problems. <laughs> Although, of course, we all wanted to be Officer Stacey because she was really beautiful. But we mostly reenact fame by dancing. There was much less pretending to play the cello and the piano, that kind of thing. And this led on to dancing competitions, which I believe my sister and Helen did just to laugh at me because I couldn't dance. I'd just jerk around looking like I was dancing to an entirely different song. Which is weird because they do lots of dancing at school, did ballet. And my primary school also did ballroom dancing, which I've since learned is highly unusual. I'm not quite sure what they're preparing us for. Like, did you go to Swiss fashion school? I know, school? it's what it sounds like. like preparing us like the debutante's ball or something. <laughs> However, there were only two dancers I remember doing, and they were the Waltz and the Gay Gordons. And the Gay Gordons isn't a ballroom dance. Uh. I would love to see it on Strictly Come Dancing. So, you know, if they do want to introduce that. So you'd think I'd be able to dance, but I just couldn't do it until one day. I remember it so well, but not well enough to remember the actual song, unfortunately. But I remember dancing in a dancing competition while my sis- with my sister while Helen judged. And I'm doing my usual jerking around. And then in the space of a second, it just clicked. I think the rhythm of my jerking briefly co- coincided with the beat of the song for the first time ever. And I thought, oh, right, OK. And I could do it. And I felt at one with the music. It was just this most amazing experience. Don't worry, though. I've since had my dancing ridiculed many times, including a man that mocked my clapping while dancing. Why should I be allowed to clap while dancing? I think that's a nice thing to do. And also someone telling me that I needed to move my body on every other beat, not every beat. So maybe I never did get dancing. Maybe I'm wrong. Somebody once told me I danced to the melody and not the beat. (laughs) I think that's a compliment. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. In a show called Adrift. Well, our weekly um, beg mm-hmm. for you to support us on Patreon. If you don't already support the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. If you did, just a little bit of money every month helps. It all adds up, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Uh, go to patreon.com stroke adrift. Annabelle, you've you brought baking with you this week. Yeah, you? I brought you a burnt, stale, gluten-free brownie. As an act of revenge. I know. They're all right, actually. I wouldn't have brought it otherwise. Go and have a bit. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by the burnt and staleness. You like? It's it's less repulsive than other things you've made. Exactly. There you go. There you go. So what's what's replacing the gluten? Because I really love gluten. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, Grand almonds. Uh Mm. Doing doing a perfectly good job there. Yeah, it's got a nice texture, isn't it? I mean, apart from the staleness and burntness. Maybe you could do a bake sale for our Patreon supporters. I guess a good idea, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get more into baking. Well, maybe you could bake a big tray of brownies for our coach trip to South End. Uh, Yeah, yeah. 
So have you got the quote from the coach company? No, um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, there's been a little obstacle in that. Mm. Um, and the obstacle is that I haven't done it. Mm. So that's the obstacle. Mm. Yeah. So I'll overcome that obstacle. Because they get booked up, coaches. Do they now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, I'll sort that out. Okay. I must put it on my to-do list. Well, if you want to guarantee that you are on that coach, definitely happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating those brownies. Yeah. Also definitely happening. Yeah. Uh, then supporters at patreon.com stroke adrift. Jeff, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. My prosopagnosia has been awful recently. Oh, now remind me, is that when you can't recognise people's faces? Yes. Yeah. 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 So Sarah and I went to see Maria Bamford the other night. What's that? Is that music? Is that dancing? She's a comedian. A comedian. I've, I've suggested to you before now that you watch her sitcom. It's oh. called Lady Dynamite and it's on Netflix. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And also, if people know the TV show Arrested Development, the most recent series that mm. they did, the one on Netflix, she played Tobias's um, girlfriend. He thinks he's in an acting clinic. Right. Um, he thinks it's called the Meth- Method One Clinic. Right. But in, in fact, he's accidentally gone to a methadone clinic. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a recovery programme and she's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's me. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, she's in that, but she's also a stand up. She's been knocking around for years. I think she's sort of got a cult following in the States. And she's done like really sort of odd things. Like she's done her stand up set and put it on YouTube, but just performed in her own house. And the audience are just her parents sitting on two chairs. Oh, amazing. I mean, she's she's just brilliant. And the show was one of the best things I've ever seen on the stage. It was just great. Anyway. And I loved Lady Dynamite. It's been cancelled. Oh. Do you know why? Because if you love something, they will take yeah. it away. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I went to see her the other night. And I think she is like this cult figure amongst comedians. So there were lots of people there that I kind of had met or have done had on the podcast or had on the radio show or mm. know in this way or other. And then people who work around comedians as well. And I did a straight three people in a row that I've met before on multiple occasions mm. that I didn't recognise at all. But you had to pretend to? No, I mean, to the extent that they had to say, oh, Jeff, we've met several times oh, before. Oh, no. Which is the worst for me. Well, why didn't I generally you just go around pretending that I've met yes, everybody. Yeah, exactly. But I think I was so bewildered. Oh. Something, something was going on that night. Mm. And then I've tried to overcompensate oh. by like emailing people and saying, "Hey, it was so great to oh, see you the no, night, last no. night," and you know yeah. the, the the usual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've just been thinking a lot about my inability to remember faces and names mm. uh, recently, and I'll tell you when it is it's absolute worst. Yeah, people's children. Oh no, that's what I'm best at. Really, I, I can remember people's children's names, but not their names. I mean, I remember, I'm very good. It's one thing I'm good at, that and clay pigeon shooting. Two things I'm good at, remembering kids' names and clay pigeon shooting. So I, I have, you know, like different people, you like to give something back, you know. Some people go and volunteer helping the elderly or helping underprivileged children or whatever. I had an idea that the thing I could do to give something back mm. would be to go onto Facebook yeah. and under the photos of people's children yeah i could do comments like oh rudy for example yeah. looks so cute here because the only way i know ever find out people's kids names is by going back through old <laughs> facebook photos looking at comments trying to work out what the name is oh no that's real detective work going on there yeah yeah i do if oh. I have, you know it's it's um 
I, th- I think uh, I do it with you know people's spouses as well oh, sometimes, really? but you know the kids is the one. Mm. You know, those people are heroes who do comments under the photos right. with the kids' names. Using the name. But sometimes you have to scroll back months and months before oh, you find God. one. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, is there a better way of dealing with this stuff? I found out in this week's the incident. <laughs> Sarah Pascoe is one of our best comedians. Despite the fact that I've interviewed her on a number of occasions, seen her on stage loads of times, and know her a bit in real life, she's one of the people I failed to recognise that night. Completely honestly, I I barely registered it. I think, and I think partly because it wasn't a situation where I'd come up to you and gone, "Hi, Jeff," and you'd looked at me like, "Yes," like, um, you were with Sarah, your wife. And and you just I I was I'm very similar. There were so many people that we knew around in one big clump, none of which knew the others were going to be there. And also because I'm short sighted, I've got astigmatism, ah. and so and so I very often, very often look blankly through people because the sensors haven't gone off of that's a familiar person that you know. So I'm I'm surprised yeah. to hear that this worries you because you seem more than most people like I don't want to say not a pleaser because it sounds a bit harsh but you yeah. you don't seem as worried what other people about what other people think of you as perhaps I do I think that's so incredible that you think that because I feel like I've spent my whole life worrying being oversensitive nobody likes me <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes me they think I'm rude um uh so I, I think all, all of us worry socially. You know how like everyone says, oh, I hate parties. Mm. I hate parties. I just stand there and you think, well, if everyone is at the party hating themselves, <laughs> like the, like no one, no one is at one adjusted. They're like, oh, yeah, I just love small talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, combine it with cheap wine and it's my favourite. And so I, I feel like we all do that socially. No matter what happens, we go home and go, you know, it's either I didn't talk enough or I talked too much or... And that decision, I had a, my friend had a, f- a film screening, Andy Nyman's Ghost Stories, which is too scary, um, but very, very brilliant. And then there were lots of people there that I've maybe worked with once or met through a friend, and they didn't come over to me, and then I didn't go over to them. And then it becomes, I was there with my sister, and I was saying, oh, well, that means that we're not friends anymore, me and that guy, because neither of us took the initiative, so now we're just blanking each other like enemies. <laughs> But because you then because because you don't want to walk over to someone I don't no. especially if they're quite successful walk over and go oh hey Matt and Matt will be like what or oh god this person just trying to talk to me at a party so I'm never confident enough to think that they'll be pleased yeah 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 yeah, so, so yeah. there's a there's a slight um sort of hierarchy in it then is what you're saying yes I guess there is because there there definitely is if someone's less successful than me. By a long way, I mean, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't have the I wouldn't have the same sense of oh, they, everyone wants to talk to them at the party, and it's very boring. As so for instance, at the same thing, David Badil, I touched his arm three times and he didn't turn around, and so my sister was like, "You're lying. He doesn't know you." And I was like, "He does. He's actually my proper friend." But he was uh, having a much more interesting conversation with Charlie Brooker, and he didn't want to be taken away from me. Right, right. Had, and eventually, I had to say, "David, I touched your arm three times." <laughs> And then he was like, I'm pitching something. <laughs> they didn't want to be taken away at all. Do you have any uh, Do you have any coping strategies for when you don't recognise people? Oh, you just absolutely have to be really friendly to everyone. I think keys, like saying, it's so lovely to see you, not meet you. I love yes. that because there's so many comics on the open mic circuit, and I don't mean to be judgmental here, but a lot of them are young white men. 
and, um, <laughs> and, and, and they just all blur into one after a while. And so you'll say, oh, how lovely to meet you, Roger, the open spot. And Roger will go, I gigged with you two weeks ago. And then you think, how rude. Uh, and then they go up and do their stuff. You go, oh, I remember you. You're the white man doing the white man material. Um, <laughs> well, at least you remember the material. I, mean, I mean, that's surprising in no, itself. Of you do. Once you see someone on stage, you go, oh, yeah, I've gigged with you. I remember your brilliant bit about post-it notes or whatever. Yeah. But so, so, so you just start saying, so lovely to see you. So, and if they say nice to meet you, you go, great. Okay. Fab. Yeah. I'm not a terrible person. No, the the trick is uh, to make the other person feel yes. more uncomfortable than you do. Yeah, and but, oh, but then if someone does go, oh, we spoke in Edinburgh. You then have to go. I'm very drunk that month. <laughs> I'm very drunk. I'm sure. Did we have a lovely time? Did I humiliate myself? And you just have to kind of be. Yeah, it can be so awkward if they say like, oh, we were, we met in a toilet. <laughs> you told me all your secrets, but that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. When you stop thinking, your mind begins to start loving. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Oh, touch it. I received a terrible blow last week. Oh, go on. My hairdresser. Yeah. At the barbershop around the corner. Yeah. Told me she's moving to Ibiza. Oh, that is the worst thing to happen. I know. Oh, Ibiza. Oh, yeah. Are you going to move to her too? <laughs> is there another solution? I, you know what? I, I've never felt like Ibiza is the place for me. No, not in now, your Now, people blood. Will, will say, oh, it's so beautiful though. Mm. But I just don't want to see the hedonists. You don't want to go on the flight with them. That's what no. you want. If there was an airport on Ibiza mm. where it, you could only land there if you weren't a hedonist. Yeah, yeah. And hedonists weren't allowed on the plane. Yes, yeah. Then, then maybe I'd go there. <laughs> yeah. But I don't even want to see those people. No, no. Especially not on a plane or in an airport. Actually, no. Especially not going home. No. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So she's she's moved, and I know that I've in the past on this podcast complained about the amount she talked while she's cutting my hair. <laughs> just finding a new person. Yeah, I mean, you you put up with anything just yeah. to have the same one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a bit like therapy, isn't it? Mm. You know, you have a therapist for a certain amount of time, you think, I wonder if I should change therapist. Then you think, oh God, that I'll have to tell them about my whole terrible, tragic story. <laughs> I'll have to get into that. I just can't be bothered. Right. I'll stick with the same one. Mm. Um, so I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have this friend, Michael Douglas, no, not that one, who, if you were listening to the podcast while Annabelle was off on maternity leave, he co-hosted an episode. He's a barber, but he's like a celebrity hairdresser. He's on The One Show, and he used to have his own hairdressing show on the TV, and he does all these famous people's uh, haircuts. But the trouble is... It's very free form when you see him. I talked about this with him when he co-hosted the podcast. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have, you know, he has 
a, a studio where models go and get their hair done and stuff. But he doesn't have, there's no system. There's no price list, for example. Uh, okay, yeah. So you say to him, so how much shall I give you? He says, okay, just give me whatever you think, oh, think I should. No. I think, well, you're on telly. You do people on telly's hair and models on photo shoots. So I end up giving him all this money, like 100 and something pounds. Oh, gosh. Because I feel that's probably what he's worth. Oh, that'd be a nightmare to decide. But, but then I know that he would happily do it for less, but I don't want to be seen to be giving somebody less money than... I, he needs to give you a prize. I know. This is terrible. It is terrible, isn't it? Oh. So I think I might just grow my hair. <laughs> yeah, just let it go long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is warm and friendly, and you like it, and that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play after all, with your thumb. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. Okay, time for some more quandaries in Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. And the first one is from Grand Admiral John Strick. I'd like to know if I've done something wrong in the situation I'm about to share with you. I boarded my usual Metropolitan Line train this morning to work and there were several available seats, but my choice in one of the two facing two seats, my absolute favourite, there was an obstruction. Not bags, fortunately, Annabelle, but two presumably already read copies of the Metro Free Paper. I picked up these papers and placed them on a different seat so I could sit there. The elderly gentleman I placed them next to then picked them up and started waving them in my direction and talking in a loud voice. I had to pause the adrift episode I was enjoying to hear him. What's up? I asked. I don't bloody want these, he replied angrily. Well, I don't want to sit on them, I said. He fluttered them angrily and in a manner which reminded me of Harold Bishop in Neighbours when he got the hump. (laughs) He slammed them back down on the seat beside him and got up and walked down the carriage to sit between two other people. So he'd rather cram himself between two people than sit next to some free newspapers. (laughs) Did I do something wrong? What else could I have done with them? My view is absolutely not. Yeah, you, did, you didn't do anything wrong. I think that's fine. Yeah, so he is kind of moving the problem around for someone else. But but he's putting some newspapers that were on an empty seat Mm-mm. onto another empty seat. Yeah. What you're supposed to do, but this only works if you've got one of the seats that's got its back to the wall, the mm. window. Oh, you're, so supposed to try, you're supposed to try and balance them, but then they always keep slipping down. You're supposed to try and balance them for around five minutes, yeah, yeah, let yeah, them slip yeah. down, and then put them on the floor. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah that, that, is, that is the rule. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, and this is from Claire. Earlier this year, my boyfriend, Stephen, and I attended my cousin's wedding. I don't know my cousin well, so I opted for a John Lewis gift card as a wedding gift. On the day of the wedding, we arrived with our card, but there was no table to leave our gift. Another guest was in the same situation and said, let's just start our own table. So we left our two cards on a table in the reception area. It's been in my head since that they might not have received our card, but Stephen's confident that any cards left at the venue will have been given to the couple. Recently, I received a blank thank you card from them. It was just a photo of them and printed, love from Rachel and John, not their real names. Are they just lazy at filling out cards or did they not get our present? Should I address it so they don't think we attended and didn't give them a gift? I don't talk to them often, so I'll be contacting them just to say, I did give you a present. All advice is appreciated. I mean, I've I've been in similar situations. So for my friend Chris's 40th, I got him a voucher to go to a very nice restaurant. like kind of as as nice as you can get it was an expensive voucher right and i didn't hear from him right and then i think well did the envelope somehow get lost or did it just get mixed up with cards or empty envelopes i mean do i need to and and i eventually had to ring him and say look 
I'm not ringing yeah. to elicit a thank you mm, from mm, you, mm. but did you get my birthday present? And he was so apologetic. He said, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, so sorry. I've been meaning to thank you. Really looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, you have had a thank you card from them. Yeah, but it didn't say... It, it was just like they sent it out. They didn't say thank you for the gift. I think actually that's a bit weird not to say well, it writing is, it at it all. Is, it is weird. It is weird. But, I mean... If they hadn't received the gift, then what are they thanking you for? Well, I've had it before where I've been to a wedding and for reasons that I can't remember, but a gift wasn't bought at the time. It might have been bought later. It's probably because it was down to Tom's responsibility and he's not good at that sort of thing because it's his friends. I think his friends, he buys the gift. Anyway, we did get a thank you card and it just said, thank you for coming to the wedding. <gasps> <laughs> That's so passive aggressive. Yeah, so I think a gift was then bought, but yeah, but, but, but. I mean, what, why did they, yeah, was it, okay, it's passive-aggressive, because otherwise you just wouldn't send the card, would you? No. And maybe that's what that card was, thank you for coming for the wedding, and they didn't get it. Mm. I, would, I would have to ask. Depends how much it was for as well, the, the voucher. I mean, if it was a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was just £5. Pounds, you, need to, you need to construe a reason to be ringing. Oh, this is so difficult. Mm. But, you know, we say that we will oh. give you a rule. Yeah, go on. So we need, we need to thrash this out, yeah, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So what do you say when you ring? I think you do what you've already done because it's happened. It made your friend Chris feel a bit awkward because he hadn't thanked you. But I would say, oh, I'm really sorry, but I'm really paranoid you didn't get the gift because I just put it on a table. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There's the rule. If you would like to know the rule in any given situation, then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for downloading it. And I know I'm like a stuck record with this, but if you can persuade somebody else to download it, we would love you forever. Been trying to get a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme of podcast listening going for some time now. And I'll be honest, it hasn't gone great. So maybe this week could be the turning point. You could just sidle up to somebody, give them a tap on the shoulder and whisper adrift into their ear. See how it goes. Let us know. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And advice this week came from the brilliant Sarah Pascoe. She is one of our best and funniest and smartest comedians. And, oh, I'll tell you what you should do, actually. She had a book out, I think, last year, which you should treat yourself to. It's called Sarah Pascoe, Animal, the Autobiography of a Female Body. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our eye dents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. If you haven't yet done so, share your story of social ineptitude, your complete failure to blend in as a human being. I'd love to hear it. Annabelle would love to hear it. Your fellow drifters would love to hear it. Uh, You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. It's the same email address. If you want to know the rules of any given social situation in Quandary Corner at the Glatt Clinic in Problematic. And just a reminder, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift. And finally, this week's podcast is dedicated to the memory of Jizzy the Rat. R.I.P. Jizzy.
Adrift. Adrift. Okay, this comes from Rebecca Devlin, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Please, could you podicate an episode at your earliest convenience to my good friend, Kirsty Abs? All my podications to Kirsty over these many years have been for her birthday, but this one is for her daughter's birth. Oh, that's to, amazing. It is. To paraphrase Annabelle on your phone call with her after Rudy was born, Kirsty did the baby. <laughs> it came out of her. <laughs> Do you have any memory of that phone call? No, I listened to it though. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, I listened to that episode. And, oh God, I sound tired. I mean, I sound a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember anything about those weeks? Not really, no. I think that's for a reason. I think so. Um, And she and her husband, Brian, are now new parents to the 3.27 kilograms, which is seven pounds, two ounces in old money, baby Thisbe. Thisbe. Pronounce Thisbe, in case you, like me, are not best read on Greek mythology. Mm. Comments on name and weight, Jeff and Annabelle. So I think good weight, right? Excellent. I, think if it's, I, I never know what to say, but I think if, if it's sort of five-ish, you're like, oh, tiny. Oh. And if it's ten-ish, you're like, oh, God. And, and anything then, else, like good weight. Yeah, good weight, yeah, yeah between yeah. the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Thisbe, I really like the name. Oh, I do too. It's lovely. Great, yeah. yeah. I am sure Kirsty will do her best to indoctrinate Thisbe as a drifter, maybe even using old podcasts of Drunk versus Stone from the Jeff Show days <laughs> to teach her about the dangers of alcohol and cannabis when she's older. Oh, Drunk versus Stoned. Mm. Anyway, congratulations, Kirsty and Brian too, but more Kirsty because, well, she's the one that'll listen to this. And I look forward to meeting Thisbe. And in the meantime, seeing photos of some of the outfits you have lined up. So far, I've been treated to... Cats in space. <laughs> but I await the Star Wars outfit you say you've got, and I'm sure I can source a Star Trek one somewhere. If I could get a hold of it, I would send Kirsty the edition of Porting Controversy called something like Babies Are Cute, <laughs> where she described babies looking like horrible old wrinkly men. I don't remember the rest. Mm. Alas, I'll just have to hope Kirsty remembers it. Do you remember it? I remember doing it. I don't really remember much about it. I think I remember saying that I didn't like the smell of their heads. <laughs> Uh, finally, thanks for keeping up the fair to middling work, Jeff. I never know whether to include Annabelle in this. Um, I, don't, I mean, I think I think so. Yeah, uh, I'm here. Yeah, I'm making a significant, <laughs> if if not the lion's share of the, uh, no, no, no. Um, which also provides Kirsty and myself with, frankly, a rather odd way to communicate. Becky. Mm. Um. I, th- I imagine when she says, I never know whether to include Annabelle in this, I, she's talking about damning you with faint praise. Yeah, something, yeah. So she's happy to damn me with faint praise, yeah, but yeah. You, you need some praise, praise, really. <laughs> well, this, this is great. Baby outfits. I'm trying to think what else. Game of Thrones would be good. Oh, yeah. Which character would you go for? Tyrion. Tyrion, Tyrion nice, yeah. <laughs> I haven't quite found the energy. I haven't found the energy to do dressing up yet. No, I'm nearly six months in. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to come to me. The energy. Halloween, the first year Gene was here, um, Sarah and him went to a party as Carmela and Tony Soprano. Oh yes, yes. She put him in a vest mm. and uh, a gold chain, <laughs> and then of course there was the swimming incident, which we don't uh, talk about, the Princess Bride yeah, incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there we go. Well, congratulations. Kirsty and Brian and Thisbe, great to have you here, drifting with us, cast adrift with us. And um, if you would like a podication, you can email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 